0: Good morning, everyone. Woo, that's loud. (laughs) Um, My name is Alyssa. I am a student chaplain here at EMU. I'm Kate. I'm also a student chaplain. And on behalf of our entire team, we would like to welcome you today to campus worship. Um, I just want to remind you that in case you. Everyone, want to get your convo point on a Wednesday morning that's not convocation and you're not super interested in campus worship that day for any reason, you can go to any of these events. Um, these are individual convo breakout gatherings and have really some interesting topics I can cover in usually a more smaller group setting. So if that sounds like something that interests you more than um, this type of setting, then feel free to go there. Um, At this time, I would like to ask if all phones and laptops could please be put away, um, just in an honor, just in a way to honor the intentions of worship and each other for these next 50 minutes. Um, Thank you. So the theme for today is what's your
1: story? Where and how does your story connect with God's story? So we welcome you to gather for worship and personal reflections on these prompts Um, with the student chaplains and the Office of Faith and Spiritual Life. Uh, So now as we move into a praise and worship set, we invite you to ponder on what is your story and where and how does your story connect with the story of others and God's story, specifically around the themes of what makes you happy, what challenges or hurdles have you faced, and how has God been faithful in your life?
0: And we invite you to stand and worship with us.
1: You give life, you are love. You bring light to the darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. You give life. You are love bring light to the darkness, you give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise you only. And all the earth will shout your praise, our hearts will.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Natalie. I am also a student chaplain. Uh, My focus is relationship building and discipleship. And I'm here to share my story and what makes me happy and how has God been faithful in that. So as I was walking home from work yesterday, I began thinking about how God knows just what we need, even when we don't know it ourselves. I remember being a six-year-old girl excited to see the new baby in the church. I remember being nine when my little sister was born prematurely. I remember at 16, my nephew was born, and little did I know that he would end up being my little best friend. To each of these memories, there are definitely challenges attached to them. However, looking back and into my life now, I get to see God's faithfulness at work. I came to EMU wanting to pursue a nursing degree. I thought being a midwife would be the best way to work with families and make a difference there. Yet I was called to do something else, to simply learn how to be Natalie. These last four years have been so much more than getting a degree. It has been discovery of who I am. So here is who I believe I am. I am a Christian who loves exploring my faith journey with others. I'm a student who tries my best to stay strong in my academics. I'm a student chaplain who loves building relationships and a peer educator who has a heart for sexual violence prevention. I'm a daycare teacher who loves caring for children and a babysitter who loves to help families in that capacity. I am a senior in college about to discover so much more about myself as graduation approaches. The original question was, what makes me happy? And the simple answer to that question for me is my faith, family and friends, children, and getting to make an impact in other people's lives. Thank you.
3: Good morning, everyone. My name is Haley Mast, and I'm also a student chaplain here. Um, this question of what makes you happy took me a little longer to answer than I thought it would. This doesn't mean that a lot of things in life don't make me happy. I just wanted to find something that filled me with genuine joy. As I reflected on this question about 30 minutes ago, I was sitting on my bed. On the wall next to my bed, I have about 20 pictures from the past school year and summer hanging up. We generally take pictures when we are at our happiest moments in life. Glancing at these pictures gave me the answers to this question of what makes me truly happy. There were common themes that each picture had with one another. The first was that in every picture on my wall, I am outside in nature. Simply being outside brings me so much joy and peace. Many pictures were taken with waterfalls in the background or on the top of a tall mountain peak. In most pictures, I am with other people outside, but in just a few, I am experiencing nature all by myself. Although being with others is especially important, one of my favorite pictures is of a dirt path with tall moss-covered trees towering over top of numerous ferns and roots on the forest floor. I love the simplicity and meaning this picture brings me. The second theme of happiness through these pictures is people. In most of my pictures, I have others next to me. Many times, what makes me happy is seeing others happy, too. Whether that's from me doing something for them, making them laugh from my stupidity, or simply being with one another. One picture shows a summer camp in Oregon that I had the opportunity to work at this past summer. The picture is of another counselor and me pushing two inner tubes full of first graders down the rapids of a river. Every single person in that picture is laughing and full of joy. Lastly, I think another thing that makes me happy is being involved. This could mean traveling to new places, serving others, being on athletic teams, or part of clubs on campus. Being a part of something larger than myself brings me me ultimate happiness in life because I know that I am living with a purpose. Not all of life is happy, we all know that, but those moments don't go up on the wall. It's important to remember the things in life that make you happy, so we can capture them whenever those moments happen ha- whenever those moments happen thank you
4: Good to be gathered for worship and we thank you for being here. We're glad you're here. We're glad we're here together and honoring the intentions of worship and one another. Um, You've heard already two stories of what makes me happy within the broader theme of what's your story? How does your story connect with other people's stories? How How do our stories connect with God's story? We offer now two stories One from me and then Emma Nord on what challenges or hurdles have we faced and how has God been faithful in that? And be thinking about what story you'd like to reflect on later when you have a bit more time. I started a practice of writing letters when my mother was uh, diagnosed with um, late-onset Alzheimer's. She's deceased now. And they started as Dear Mom letters. I found it to be very helpful for my processing. And then I shifted to Dear God. And for today, I have a Dear God letter. Dear God, remember that time when I fell apart? I was desperate for support, but I could not pray other than sitting in that overstuffed chair, just staring out the window. Was it you who held me in that chair? I had been anxious before, even panicked, like that time when I was small and I lost my mom and sister at the small town carnival, or the time when my siblings and I went downtown to the movies with the children of family friends, but I suddenly felt frightened, scared to the core when my dad drove away after dropping us off, and then as a young adult when I felt so frightened about being ready for my first year teaching elementary school, My entire body churned with unleashed chemicals such that I felt jittery and uncertain and nervous and ready to bolt. If only I could have gotten out of that job. But I had to keep showing up to prepare the classroom and lessons for the first week of classes. And it all resolved when the children walked through the classroom door that first day. But my biggest challenge and hurdle with panic, anxiety, and then depression was when I completed seminary training, exhausted from being overextended with studies and an internship with campus ministries at Goshen College, then beginning full-time employment at a Michigan summer camp and retreat center. Expectations were high, and the bottom fell out. I was a mess. Have you ever heard the birds singing in the early morning and it triggered anxiety rushing through your brain and body for fear of needing to live through another day? When my brother and I moved the rest of my belongings from Ohio to Michigan, I left my hunting guns in storage for fear that I would use them. I couldn't be at work for long, couldn't focus, and I couldn't be home alone. Even as a person of faith, one who looks to God, to spirit, for nurture and guidance, I could not find solace. Friends offered encouragement, and artwork from my nephews and niece touched me in a special way. I knew my mother loved me, and I wanted to be well. I wanted to be well. I remembered when a seminary professor talked about medication being available to us by the grace of God. Even though sometimes people in the church thought taking medicine for mental health, mental illness was a sign of weakness, no, it likely saved me for service to the church and community. I'm here by grace, and I want to offer grace and hope and a sense of a meaningful future to others. We can learn from challenges and hurdles. Sometimes our wounds inform our care for self and others. We might become wounded healers, as coined by spiritual formation author and teacher, Henry Nouwen. Sometimes still, I remember that time when I fell apart. I was desperate for support, but I could not pray other than sitting in that overstuffed chair, just staring out the window. Was it you, God, who held me in that chair?
5: Man, I thought I needed tissues for my story. Turns out I needed them for everything. Um, Anyway, uh, my name is Emma Nord. I'm a second year majoring in mathematics and secondary education um, and I'm the student chaplain for wellness and community here at EMU. And this is my story. I grew up in a Christian family um, and we were blessed to be part of caring, sharing, wise congregations in each place that we lived. Um, In a way I've been a Christian all my life, but my faith hasn't always been very mature or intentional. In high school, I started taking faith more seriously. I attended a thriving youth group in my area, I started reading the Bible more often. I craved a personal relationship with God, and I was starting to get it. I was baptized the spring of my sophomore year. In high school, I also started struggling with my mental health. Looking back, I'm honestly not even sure when my depression first started, but it's probable that I had it mildly for most of my freshman and sophomore years. But regardless of when exactly it started, it was there. My junior year, the classes got harder, and the pressure of finding a college set in, and I continued to juggle way too many extracurriculars. As my stress increased, so did my depression then in the spring of that year the coronavirus crashed down on us like a tsunami no one was thriving during the isolation and uncertainty of living through the initial surges of a global pandemic i thought i'd hit rock bottom before that but i was woefully mistaken depression at least in my experience is a really good liar It makes you believe all sorts of things about yourself that your logical mind knows is complete nonsense, but you can't convince yourself, you can't make your brain believe that you are right and your depression is wrong. I was living with the cognitive dissonance of believing that I was unlovable and irredeemably flawed and believing in an all-knowing, divine, good God who knew all my brokenness and imperfections and still loved me." So cognitive dissonance is very fragile. With all that tension, something has to give. Ideally, one or both ideas, or like the the extreme version of them, is what crumbles. Unfortunately, in my case, it was me. But I didn't just crack or crumble, I shattered. My depression became severe. At times, I considered suicide. Still, I believed in God, at least mostly. I clung to the promise of a life in heaven where I could feel whole and at peace. But my despair blinded me to the possibility that God could bring peace and restoration to my life on earth. I didn't know how to talk about what I was going through or ask for help. So for the longest time, I didn't. I felt so alone. There's a quote I really love from William Young's book, The Shack. Uh, In this book, the main character, Mackenzie, is a grieving father who has a profound encounter with God. In one of their conversations, Mackenzie accuses God of abandoning Jesus on the cross, Um, quoting the verse, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here's how God responds, Mackenzie, I never left him and I never left you. When all you see is your pain, perhaps then you lose sight of me. Wow. Jesus, divinely human, humanly divine Jesus, felt abandoned by God, just as all of us have at some point or another. And believe me, I have felt abandoned. It was the worst night of my life. I wanted to believe in God, wanted to turn to God and be healed. I prayed. I prayed. I got nothing. I felt so broken and helpless, and I felt abandoned by the only one I could count on to love me. I was so close to ending it all. I didn't, I couldn't feel God with me then, because like Mackenzie, I was blinded by my own pain. But God was there that night, someone saved my life and it wasn't me. God was there that night, just like every other moment of my life, just like every other moment of your life. My journey towards wholeness has been long and hard. It's been ups and downs, twists and turns, going in circles and ending up in the same dark valley I'd worked so hard to climb out of. But my journey hasn't been alone. I was finally able to reach out and tell my parents that I, I was hurting and I needed help, um, and I was able to start therapy um, a couple months before I graduated high school and I've um, been super blessed by the therapy offered here at EMU as well um, and as I've gotten the language and the confidence to start telling my story um, and start relying on friends and family um, I've, I've been making progress um, because I wasn't alone um, God was with me. God will be with you.
4: Here's something from God's story. Thanksgiving for deliverance and prayer for help, it's Psalm 40. And this is an inclusive language version, inclusive language for God and for humanity and perhaps all of life. I waited patiently for God. God inclined to me and heard my cry. God drew me up from the desolate pit out of the merry bog and set my feet upon a rock making my steps secure. God, put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and be in awe and put their trust in God. Blessed are those who put their trust in God, who do not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after false gods. You have multiplied, O God, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. Were I to proclaim and tell of them, they would be more than can be counted. Sacrifice and offering you do not desire, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, here I am. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. See, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O God. I have not hidden your saving help within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. Do not, O God, withhold your mercy from me. Let your steadfast love and your faithfulness keep me safe forever. For evils have encompassed me without number. My iniquities have overtaken me until I cannot see. They are more than the hairs on my head, and my heart fails me. Be pleased, O God, to deliver me. O God, make haste to help me. Let all those who put to shame and confusion, who seek to snatch away my life, let those be turned back and brought to dishonor who desire my hurt. Let those be appalled because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, God is great. As for me, I'm poor and needy, but the Lord makes thought for me, takes thought for me. You are my help, my deliverer. Do not delay Oh, my God.
0: Thank you all who have shared. I invite you to stand. And if you have the purple hymnal, would you turn to number six hundred and seventeen, six one seven. 617. 617. Thank you.
6: Thank you.
4: that laptops and phones be stowed during this 50 minutes. And now maybe bring your phone out and send yourself a message. I send texts to myself. I don't know how you do it, some way. Send yourself a message about a story that you would like to reflect on, your own story. What's your story that you would like to examine like some of us did today? What makes you happy? What gives you joy? What fills you with gratitude? What challenges have you faced How has God been faithful in that? How has community been faithful in that, right? And not long uh, from now, in October, we're we're going to provide opportunities for students to sign up for a home-cooked meal in the home of a faculty or staff member for a What's Your Story experience. Hopefully a student chaplain or, or I will be there facilitating the sharing of some stories, What's your story? How does it connect with the story of your friends? And how do your stories connect with God's story? That's the invitation that we're offering. And so faculty and staff, you'll get an email soon with a chance to sign up to host a group if you want to. And students then in early October, you'll get a chance to sign up or maybe before then. Natalie, do you have campus announcements?
2: I do. (laughs) Um, so we have a lot of things going on this today. Um, let's see. So at 4 p.m. there's the university, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> by Ron Schultz, and that will be hosted in Souter Science Center room 106 from 4 to 5. Then we have a men's soccer game at 4 p.m. Um, I w- I believe CAC is doing hype, maybe. Um, and then singles and doubles mixed tennis is tonight at 6 p.m. Um, out on the tenic- tennis courts. Um, and then at 7 p.m., there's a field hockey game. Uh, and then open climbing wall and open gym. And then tomorrow, if you have not heard it yet, there will be a Royals go downtown. Um, at 6 p.m., there is a shuttle taking students, I believe, and, um, there will be free food from your favorite Harrisonburg Eats, Magpie, Sagebird, Billy Jack, Shirley's, and more. Um, there will be a dance party, and, yeah, again, it's free, so come out tomorrow at 6 p.m., and then $2 lunch, as always, on Fridays, um, Batman and Club at 830. And if you are interested in looking at for more events, you can go on my EMU or EMU's page and go to events at EMU. I believe that is all for today. So thank you for coming. Scan out on your way to get a combo point.